Welcome to chapel. We're glad to have you back. I don't know if anybody would be brave enough to say on my first day of class, I walked into the wrong classroom. Anybody maybe perhaps would be brave enough to raise their hand and say, yeah, I like that. That's yes. good. It takes some bravery. That's a lot um, of people. Well, we all kind of have a few hiccups along the way on our first day, and we did as well here at chapel. So if you looked online to check your attendance as we asked you to, and you kind of freaked out because it said you weren't here, or it said you have like 12 attendances already, you're like, man, I'm like rollover chapels or something like that. We had some technical difficulties. We're working it out, and anybody that was present on Monday will ultimately be counted here. So, so rest assured. I also wanted to take some time to tell you about the freshman retreat. It's happening September 11th through 12th, and it's going to be in Pine Cove Camps in Tyler, Texas. And if you have already signed up for that, if you could do us the favor of after chapel in the lobby, there's going to be a freshman retreat table. We need you to sign a release form that just allows you to actually go with us. Because even though you've signed up and already paid, we want you to be able to actually go and just have to sign your name on that form. If you could do that, that'd be great. And we'll have a gift for you as well. And if you're still interested in signing up for the freshman retreat, it's not too late. You can stop by the table and sign up there. Thank you. Now let's prepare to worship. I'm so glad that you're here this morning and to get to be with you in worship and with the friends who are leading us. Normally on Wednesdays, as we told you, it really is just us. We don't bring in special guests, but uh, on this first Wednesday morning, we, re we wanted you to meet uh, a friend of the community of Waco and a Baylor University that's really important to us. Jimmy Dorrell is here to speak in just a moment. A little bit about... Uh, opportunities you have to make a difference while you're here at Baylor and challenge you a little bit. He has played that role for a lot of us along the way. He's the executive director of Mission Waco and is pastor of Church Under the Bridge. Maybe you saw it on Sunday morning. A bunch of folks from the Waco community coming from all sorts of places, doing all sorts of things. Baylor students out there worshiping together right under the I-35 bridge. He'll be sharing a word with us in just a moment. We've gathered here to worship. To really make that happen, we have to be gathered for worship as well, not just as a community, but as individuals. The truth is, most days when most human beings wake up, their minds are a scattered mess. They've got a thought going this way and a daydream going that way. There's just stuff happening all the time. If we just sort of open the lids of our minds and let it all come out, we'd hear a mess, wouldn't we? Just sort of this avalanche of stuff, of anxiety and of irrelevant sort of thoughts and old tapes and things we're worried about or obsessing about, a million little distractions, minds going here and there. That's what's happening in our inner life most of the time, and we can't worship that well. So to worship, we gather, but we also must become gathered here. The heart can't be scattered to worship well. We have to come to some place of stillness, so I invite you to do that in this moment, best you can. See if you can't turn off that scattered mind and be still. And let's pray to that end together now. Lord, God help us to quiet our busy, noisy, cluttered hearts that we might be present to you and receive from your hand exactly what we need for this day. Amen. Let's stand together this morning as we sing a hymn that I think you'll know pretty well. Let's voice it together this morning. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing my grace. 
morning as we continue our worship.
God of the able and the unable, we confess that we have isolated ourselves from the world. We have turned against our brothers and sisters whose needs are so foreign to us. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is maker of them all. God of the have and the have-nots, we confess that we have kept our blessings for ourselves. We have acted like small children stingily hoarding our gifts as if they were ours to begin with, thus showing that our misplaced trust is in his own abilities. We ask your forgiveness for not believing you are the provider of all we need and all we have, and for not believing that rich Rich and poor have have this this in common. The The Lord Lord is is maker maker of them all. God of this side of town and that side of town, Turn our eyes and our hearts to the needs of our brothers and sisters who go to bed hungry and wake up longing for bread. Help us to realize how much is enough and how much is too much. We ask for the faith to believe that rich Rich and and poor have have this this in common. common. The The Lord Lord is maker of of them all. Give us enough trust to live secure in your love and to share it freely with others in open-handed confidence that your grace, like loaves of bread and fish, will never run out. Because you are the God of the starving and the stuffed, and we thank you that it is true that rich Rich and and poor poor have this in common. common. The Lord is maker of them all. Good morning. My name is Jimmy Dorrell. I'm the director of Mission Waco. It's a large urban ministry here in Waco, Texas, that works with the poor and the marginalized. I'm also the pastor of Church Under the Bridge. I came to Waco in 1968 to go to Baylor. Tuition was $15 an hour. Coconut was 105 per semester. Some things have changed. However, some things have not changed. When I came to Waco, I came as a church kid. How many of you here grew up in the church? I'm a church kid like you, and uh, I love the church. I was very active in it. In fact, I have a seven-year Sunday school attendance pen. I believe that was the most important thing that we could do is just go to church. When I came to Waco and went to Baylor, I eventually uh, became a youth director of a local church here, and that began to change my way of understanding the community that we're in. What you may not know is, if you're a freshman here, is that you come to a community that is under-resourced. Most cities have a poverty rate of about 12%. Waco's poverty rate is 27.6%, more than double most cities. Now, I don't know how you look at the providence of God, But my take on this is that God put you here for a reason. And that you're not just going to Baylor University. You're a resident of Waco, Texas. Now, I will admit it's a big challenge on our part to say, get out of your campus. Get off of the campus and the activities you do here and come into the community. But let me tell you why I want you to do that. You see, I was one of those kids that grew up in the church and thought uh, not cursing and getting drunk on Friday night was what the Christian life was about. 
And I came here and I got involved with teenagers in the city and I began to realize the poverty was here and I was overwhelmed by it. My wife and I finished up school, got married and went to um, graduate school and eventually uh, found ourselves overseas. We had the privilege for a few uh, times of our life to go work among the poorest of the poor. Today in our world, 27,000 children will die of hunger-related causes. Children under the age of five today will breathe their last breath while we're about to eating too much. How is it, God? There can be suffering in the world. Why? I don't understand all that stuff. And the struggle of life, the questions begin to grow in my life. In the middle of a world that is so needy, and yet we being so resourced. Well, in the middle of that trip, I begin to ask the hard questions about, do I really believe this stuff? You see, growing up in the Christian faith and being around it in a culture of Christianity, it's very easy just to sort of adopt the practices of the place. And I said the right things, and I believed the right things, but there was very little in my life that showed I followed Jesus. You see, I think there's a difference in calling yourself a Christian and following Jesus. And I found out that if I was going to take seriously His commands, it was going to mess up my life. And so we came back to Waco, Texas, after having been around the world and had the privilege of working in Mother Teresa's Home for the Dying and working among some pretty tough places. We came back to Waco. And you think, why in the world would you come back to Waco, Texas? Well, there were a couple of reasons. Number one, we knew there were a lot of poor, poor people here. And we felt called to live among the poor. The second reason is because we knew Baylor University is here. And we believe that this campus, you as students on this campus, can change the world. We really believe that. And we know that if we can invest in you four or five years that you're here, to help you get a vision bigger than where you came from, that you too will join us in making a difference in the world. Well, to follow up on our call to the poor, incarnationally, we went over to a part of Waco that used to be the rich neighborhood. I live in a large house. I live in a 4,000 square foot house. That's eight bedrooms. But we bought that house for $12,000. Because the neighborhood had turned upside down. There were prostitutes that worked our streets. The crack dealers were all over. It was a, a laden with crime. It was a mixed-income neighborhood. And we felt like, in the middle of all the mess, that God calls His people to live in the middle. You see, I grew up th thinking that Jesus was sort of the, the white middle-class guy with the blue eyes on the cross at the church. And I began to really see the Bible through different eyes. That it was Jesus who sat down at the well with a prostitute. It was Jesus who reached out and touched lepers. It was Jesus who, they said, you're a friend of sinners, as he walked off with Zacchaeus to eat with the tax collector. That didn't look like my life. That didn't, anything I learned in religion class didn't help me really understand how to do that. And so now in the middle of a bad neighborhood, we begin to live out our faith. We've raised four children there. We've been living in the same house now for 30 years. And we have watched God transform a neighborhood. We've watched students come join this journey of faith to say, I don't want my life to make a difference in the world. It has been our joy through the years to now watch students who've gone to the other side of the world and those who've gone to the inner cities. Those that have said, I want my life to matter. I just get one life. I want it to make a difference. Well, we, uh, as we began to live in the middle of that neighborhood, Mission Waco eventually emerged. Today, we are a program that works with the poor and the marginalized. We work with the mentally ill. We work with unemployed, illiterate, addicted folks that need to go to the clinics. And we have over 20 programs, 40 staff members who work all over this city with thousands of people who live in poverty. I want to encourage you to consider 
being a volunteer with us or with other agencies. You see, today is about asking you not to get comfortable on the campus. But within a few miles from here, there are people that didn't get to eat much yesterday. What would it be like if you entered their lives? So we want to introduce you to the, that world, and we want you to come help. And we want you to choose to get involved somewhere in Waco. A couple of hours, three hours, maybe a week. I know you got a lot of studies. I know your parents worry about you playing too much uh, intramural football. But whatever you do, you can do two hours a week in this community. Come do after-school tutoring. Come uh, work with our urban teenagers who've dropped out of school. Come work with our homeless folks, those people who are addicted to alcohol and drugs. We work with the people that you can make a difference in their lives. But here's what I want you to hear. You will be changed in the process. You see, you can't enter that world. I didn't, at least. I can't enter that world and not be affected by it. Now I see poverty differently than I did when I sat in the classroom at Baylor. Now I feel it. I understand it. I know what's going on because I live among my friends who struggle day-to-day with life. There are a couple of things I want to encourage you to do. Number one, uh, consider as you walk out today, dropping by our booth, grabbing a little volunteer orientation thing. We'll have several orientations this week on campus. Uh, and consider giving us those two, three, four hours a week and volunteering in one of our 20 programs. We would love to have you do that. Now, we're not the only show in town, so if there are other agencies you're interested in, we'll help you learn where those are. But we want to encourage you to get off the campus and get involved. There are classes on this campus called CCS that stands for uh, Civic Education, where you can actually do an hour lecture and do 30 hours of volunteerism in Waco during the courses of your time. One of those can even be ex- uh, excludes a, a PE class, so you can do one for a PE class. But either way, we want you to get involved in the community. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to go through Mission Waco's poverty simulation. In the next four years, go through a weekend of being poor. For the last 30 years, we've been having groups, 1,000 students a year go through that weekend. They came from California all summer long just to become poor for one weekend. It costs you $50 to be poor. We want you to come to our weekend, and, uh, and from Friday night through Sunday afternoon, you will experience life differently than the world that you came from. It'll change your life. It'll transform the way you think. The third thing I want to encourage you to do is to get off the campus, not only into the city, but into the world. Now, there are a lot of good opportunities in Waco. Baylor does some of those. Mission Waco does some of those. But I want to encourage you to go to a third world country while you're here. There is no question that academic education will change your life. But there's also no question that if you go with me to Haiti, where I lived for four months, where the average income was $125 per year per family, and you come back and you ask some hard questions, do I really need this stuff? Have I made a difference in those who will die of hunger today? You begin to struggle with those questions. Go with us to Haiti. Go with us to India. Go work with us in Mother Teresa's home for the dying, where there are 50 men and 50 women in their last hours or days of life. And start asking those hard questions once again. Go with us to Mexico City in the summer. 30 million people. 12 Houstons. Come and go and work with us among the the, the kids and the addicts and the broken people who are marginalized. As you take those trips somewhere with some group while you're here, your education will become much more rich because you'll begin to ask yourself, what is my life about? What am I doing this degree for? And you'll begin to put purpose behind what you're about. Well, we've been at this for a while. We love students. We really think that you are uh, critical to changing the world. Can you imagine what it must be to be God, to look down today and to see 
those mothers holding the babies that died in the night. 27,000 children under the age of five that died from preventable diseases, things that we can make a difference for. Can you imagine the breaking heart of God? Because there's enough food in the world. And so we ask you to do what he called all of us to do, put on compassion, John says. The word compassion comes from the words in Latin, to suffer with. Get up out of your place where it's safe and secure. Leave the campus. Get out of those places where it's easy and enter the pain. You see, I live in a world where there's a lot of pain. I've buried a lot of folks in a pauper cemetery since I've been here. I've been in the middle of a lot of struggles. And yet today, I would never go back to the world that I came from. One of the privileges we have is to be a part of Church on the Bridge. Again, there are a lot of great churches in this community. I encourage you to shop around if you're new here till you find a place that fits. But I hope while you're going around, somewhere in the course of your next few months or years, you will stop by Church on the Bridge just as a model of church. Because across the street, right across the street from here, you're going to be with people who are black, white, and brown, people who are rich and poor, people who are mentally ill, people that are wealthy, all kinds of folks gathered together under the, the lordship of Jesus Christ to say, we are a family. I love church. I love getting there. It's interesting, uh, when you get there, you're going to find a man who might be at the front microphone who's going to play a two-string guitar who's completely mentally ill. He can't sing. He can't really play. He plays like he sign languages sometimes. But he has a place in our church. He is one of my brothers in Christ. I have understood now what I did not understand in the church that I grew up in, that the kingdom of God is much bigger than I thought it was. Well, I invite you to that world of pain. I invite you to a city who's just right out there a few miles from here for you to come make a difference. And I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to be changed. It's going to impact the way you look at life. And I hope it does. Let me close with a story. I grew up in the, um, going to uh, a few out-of-country places. But when I went to India, it was a life-changing experience. And we went into a slum one day. The greeting is this. They hold up their hands and they say, Namaste. I salute the divine qualities that I see in you. Well, as I walked into that slum, I noticed there were bandages around the hands of the man that we greeted. And so I said to the translator, what's going on here? Why the bandages? He said, didn't I tell you? He said, tell me what? He said, oh, this is a leper slum. Leprosy. I didn't even know leprosy existed in the world anymore. And as I walked in, I began to ask questions, afraid that I might even catch this disease. And he says, it's called Hansen's disease. It's not painful at all. Just the opposite is painless. You see, what happens to a leper is they're kicked out to live in these beggar slums is they begin to hurt their, themselves because they can't feel. The, the fingers get numb, the toes get numb, they cannot feel, and they hurt themselves because they cannot feel. Painlessness. They cook their food on an open fire and the flames begin to burn the flesh and they don't pull back. They step on a piece of glass and they get an infection and eventually the leg gets amputated because of the infection. They, every night, rats will literally eat their toes off in leper slums because they cannot feel. Hardness. Can I tell you something? I'm one of those Christians that knew all the right stuff, but my heart had become hard. Painlessness. To be pain, to enjoy pain, is to say that I'm alive. I don't like some of the things I see, but I can tell you my heart aches for my brothers and sisters in this city and around the world, for the children that will die and the parents that hold them today. My heart aches. I am alive today. It is painful. It is so much easier to ignore it and to become numb and to walk away from it and act like it's not my world, but it is. And I get to be a part of it. I am privileged to be a part of that and take the resources of 
God to that world. That day in that leper slum, I woke up. That day, I realized that my heart had become hard. It was that day that I realized that God in the flesh, Jesus the Christ, touched the lepers, went to eat with the tax collectors, had water with the prostitutes. My life did not look like that. I called myself a Christian, but I wasn't a follower of Jesus. May I invite you while you're in Waco to become a follower of the Most High God and give food to the hungry, water to the thirsty, clothes to the naked, visit the stranger and the sick and those in prison, and have your life awaken to a reality of a world that some of you have never seen before. We're going to conclude this morning with another song. I'm going to ask if you will stand. There will be booths out front if you want to grab some information on the way up. Please stay where you are as we conclude. We must go Live to feed the hungry Stand beside the broken We must go Stepping forward Keep us from just singing Move us into action We must go I wonder if you might just sing that much with me receive the benediction together. Let us do just this. Let us go and be the hands and the feet of Christ together. Amen and amen. Have a great day.